Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. You ready to hear a story of an amazing pivot, an amazing turnaround? Obviously, everyone knows 2020 was absolutely devastating for the trade show industry. But what if you're an event staffing company? I have uh, today is my guest, Sheila Wong, who is Executive Vice President of BBW International. They are the largest event staffing company in Canada. You are going to be amazed at what, the way they shifted, the way they pivoted. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get the music going. Hey, welcome back to Trade Show University, the podcast for virtual and live events. I'm Jim Sturmack, your host. And welcome back again. This is uh, this is getting fun with uh, the amazing guests that I'm having. And after 2020, we all need to be having our running shoes on, running at top speed, and doing things different than we ever have before to be able to get back into these live events again and uh the vaccines are, are have started and hopefully that that provides a big big glimmer of hope for a lot of us so for everybody that that has gone through that tough time oh my gosh the 2020 was just absolutely brutal you've had to be creative you've had to you know that word of the year pivot we've had to do things so differently and you are just going to love the story of uh, the person I have on today. The person I have on is Sheila Wong, one of the largest event staffing companies in North America, the largest one in Canada. You are going to just love what she has to say, and hopefully you're going to learn something, too. If you're trying to figure out what do I do next, her creativity is off the charts and what she's been able to do. So we're going to dive into her interview as soon as we get back from hearing from our sponsor. If you're a business owner or marketer, I have an amazing free offer for you from GrooveFunnels. And yes, it's absolutely free. They don't even take a credit card. And what you get is an amazing web page builder, a funnel builder, a sales platform. You get free hosting. You also have a powerful affiliate program all of this at no cost whatsoever. You've got to get over to tradeshowu.biz slash groove. That's tradeshowu.biz slash G-R-O-O-V-E and check this out. Don't miss this opportunity. Go sign up for your account. I don't know how long it's going to be free. So please get over there now and then you'll have an opportunity also. There's They have so many more products and services built in that they are, they're about to launch. So get over there. Get your free account. Tradeshowu.biz slash groove. 
All right. Welcome back. I am really, really excited today. This is a, a topic I've been wanting to cover for a long, long time, waiting for the right guest to come on. And that is all about staffing. And so today I have I have on probably the best person I could have on for this topic. Her name is Sheila Wong. Sheila is the senior vice president at BBW Event Staff, which is a leader in providing brand ambassadors, virtual moderators, and COVID safety ambassadors. Sheila is an industry expert in event staffing. She's a networking guru, and she's a big believer in giving back. So I want to welcome Sheila to Trade Show University. Sheila, say hello to all the trade show and event warriors out there. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much, Jim, for having me. And I have to giggle when you say you've got the right person, but you actually got the wrong person here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, well, thank you for joining me today. And for, for people that are listening and going, well, event staffing, you know, we're not really in, in the live event season right now, There, but BBW has shifted and, and morphed into, well, I'll let you, I'll let you tell everybody. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of background of what BBW event staff is and then what kind of what you're doing today. Okay. Uh, thank you, Jim. Um, back in 1991, I started up the company with two, two partners and we decided we needed to specialize in providing staff for trade shows particularly trade shows at the beginning. And uh, we, we discovered that there was a need for a standardized performance of people who work on site for trade shows. And we created that niche almost 30 years ago. And we've been providing staff for now, uh, since 1991, we've been um, growing and growing and we're right across Canada. And we do a little bit in the U.S. in terms of some management work with consumer shows. But we served in 19, or 2019, we provided staff for well over 1,200 events. Wow. And we had about 1,500 um, employees on our hourly roster. And these are the people that we, we send out to work at events. And I just wanted to say, Jim, that we most people in our industry call them temps. And... In our business, temp is definitely a dirty word. <laughs> you, you saw the, the horror movie called The Temp, right? <laughs> or you've heard of it. Oh, no. Yeah, so there, there comes a negative connotation with temps. And we call our staff event staff because we are providing a group of professional, trained, and experienced people who have worked many events. In fact, we work because we do well over 1,200 events in nine cities across Canada. We actually have provided or have had more experience in working an event than some of our clients. Our clients are behind the scenes. They're organizing it. And when it comes to the on-site logistics and the aspects, we are definitely the experts. So that was our past before COVID. We quickly had, as of March the 12th, when the pandemic was called, our business stopped as like most people in our industry. Yeah. And I was, I was in a bit of shock for a couple of weeks. And then I shook myself, I shook all the dust off or the, the shock off my, my system and said, okay, I am not after 30 years of being in business going to let a pandemic take me down or my business. So I thought about all the needs and all the requirements that are there as much as we knew at the time 
And I thought there's so many places that need essential, that are essential services, and they probably need help in the front lines, getting people organized, getting them to social distance, because it was something that wasn't, we, none of us were familiar with, and it wasn't a natural practice for us. And uh, so I decided to package it and I trademarked the, the brand COVID Safety Ambassadors. And what is a COVID Safety Ambassador? Basically, it's the same. It's a play on words, customer service agent. So CSA and the customer service agent working in a pandemic needs to understand or have needs to have an understanding of the health and safety protocols that's required uh, or recommended through, through the public health agencies. We weren't going to go back into events, and I actually predicted at that time, likely not till later in the year. And we were, of course, all wrong about that. <laughs> but a lot of yeah. people thought it was going to happen again in June. And I, in fact, I had clients who changed their dates from their conference in, in March and April into, oh, we're going to do it in June and in July. We're going to be fine then. Of course, that never happened. So I created COVID Safety Ambassadors to, to serve the organizations that would require extra help in their front lines. And at first I thought, you know, grocery stores, banks, and then I started to think about commercial buildings. And, if, and it would have been a wonderful idea had the commercial, if had people started to go back to the offices. Right. Yeah. And again, yeah. I didn't have that. I didn't have that glass ball to look into. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but we did end up getting a couple of contracts where we provided COVID safety ambassadors to assist with the safety protocol in commercial buildings for right up until December. But it was a lot less than we had anticipated or predicted. However, I felt it was important enough that we used our front pro platform, which is uh, an online learning tool that we use to train all of our customer service agents uh, before they start working in, in the trade show sector. And we use the same platform. We updated it. I put more money into it and we updated the content. And now we are training all of our staff or anybody who has staff working with the public trained so that they can practice proper safety protocols. So we're ready for when events go live. The training itself obviously is not just available to us. We are offering it to our clients and for their staff. And uh, the whole idea is that we're all on the same page and we're all, the most important thing is that we want to keep all of the attendees safe so that we actually can continue live events Absolutely. and not shut down again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sheila, I love a couple of the things you already talked about. The first, I want to go back to what you said. You said you call your people event staff and not temps. And that I want everyone who's listening, who is in the event industry, who, who works trade shows and you have, when you work your booth, right? You, you want the best people there. So do you want to think, oh, I, I, hired a, I hired a temp to work our booth? No, you want to hire event staff. You want to hire a professional, someone that's representing your company, and you don't want to look at that person as a temp. So I love the fact that you make that des designation there. That is, it's, it's so amazing. I, I have a lot of fun with our clients because the minute they say temp, I'm ah, 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 ah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, right, right, event staff. Anyway, we're getting them all trained and, and they recognize that. And then once they've worked with us, because of the process that we put our staff through when, they, when we onboard them, once our clients have worked with us, they recognize, oh, it's not just a sales pitch. They are really living, living it up to, yeah. to, to, to what they've, you know, they've, they're delivering basically what they say they're going to deliver. And it's also important for the staff from a motivational standpoint to understand that they are respected as a, as a integral part of that trade show. So be it they're working in the front lines or they're working in a booth as a brand ambassador, you know, our clients see that because they're so engaged and, and we do have that respect uh, in place that the staff give 110% if, if there's such a thing. Yeah. And they feel fully engaged and feel fully a part of the team and that they don't see themselves as a temp. You know, the attitude of, oh, I don't know, I'm just a temp. That doesn't happen. And so there's, there's a reason for this. It's, not, it's a culture that we intentionally built. Oh, so, so important. I love it. That's, that's fantastic. Really, really great stuff that, that you're, you're building, not just to your staff, but you're giving the confidence to your clients as well, that they know that when that person shows up, no matter what their role is, that they have the confidence that that person's going to perform and deliver as expected and not that they have to, oh, let's keep an eye on that person. I don't know. There's, there's a temp, you know, we got a temp in the booth. They might wander off, you know, they, you know they've yeah, got, or the they confidence. might not show up. Right. That happens oh my gosh. Too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember, I don't know if people, your, your audience remember Comdex. Do you remember Comdex? It was a yeah. big computer show yes, yes. in Las Vegas, and then they brought it all over the place. And I remember when Comdex first came to Canada, and my um, client said, oh, when we're working in the U.S., we order 30% more staff than we require because they don't show up. And oh, my. I, yeah. And so I said, well, we've had on occasion people not show up. And for their show, for instance, we had 300 event staff booked for their event and on the first day we had two people call in they did not just not show up they actually called in one person was at the hospital with their son and the other person had called in sick over in in the night before and she said she's never seen that kind of record but wow. and and you can only have that kind of performance if you create the kind of culture where there is mutual respect and We've learned that a long time ago. Like my motto has always been, we believe we have two sets of clients, the clients who pay us and the clients we pay. Nice. Nice. What a great culture. What a great culture you're, you're uh, building there or not building you've built for 30 years. That's uh, that's amazing. Just amazing. Let's go to a topic that you are, you already brought up, but I really want you to, to, to dive in a little deeper so the, so the other, the trade show professionals that are out there really, really understand the importance. And that is training. You mentioned training and how, how much you put into it. Why is training so important for your staff, whether it's for a virtual event or for a live event, why is training so important? And is there any tips you can give to the listeners? Okay. So that ties right in with the culture as well. Training is important for any organization. If you were to start a full-time job, they don't just throw you in there with both feet and say, here, go to it. 
there's some form of orientation or training or even indoctrination if you'd like. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it, it's not any different with our staff because we consider them event staff and they're not temps. So we take the time to, first of all, train them about the industry. What is a trade show? Because a lot of people don't understand the events business. They, if they're not in it, they don't get it. And in fact, with, you know, where that's concerned, my parents had no idea what I did for a living for about 10, 12 years. And I'm sure <laughs> a lot of us have, have gone through that. Yeah. It's a little bit more prevalent now however training provides the tools to and also performance standards for the employees so that they have an understanding of expectations they have an understanding of what is what works what is effective we in the training also provide a lot of background information so that the staff understand who all the players are so when you come to a trade show there's the trade show on the floor. There are exhibitors and who are, and uh, there's the show producer who actually organized it all. There's a show decorator, et cetera. And so they're not lost in the shuffle and they become a little bit more equipped to, and, and it, it establishes confidence. But the important piece is the performance standardization. So I got that from my early years when, when I was a teenager and my, one of my first jobs was working at McDonald's. And if no, nothing else, McDonald's does training really well. And I learned, I kept, I kept that in mind over the years as I started my business. And I thought, geez, I've got to do something like that so that everybody is uh, performing on the same level. So Jim, are you a Star Trek fan? I have never been a big Star Trek fan. I'm sorry. Oh, I know the well, characters. Uh, my, <laughs> don't hold my, that against me. <laughs> my analogy is with the Borg. The Borg was a civilization that assimilated everybody, so they became the same. They say basically assimilated everybody, so they were half machine, half humans. Oh. And so I always joke that we are the Borg. Assimilation or uh, resistance is futile. Assimilation oh. must happen. <laughs> so that's what I joke about. And that's what training does. It, it brings everybody on the same page. And so be it training people who are just coming on to your team temporarily, or be it training your own team who are working on the floor at the events. In particular for exhibitors, because you can put a salesperson out there to sell and they might know their product and, and, and they understand the culture and their clients, but they have no clue how to operate on a trade show floor. Right. Yes, so yes. they're sitting in the back of the booth and they're talking to each other or they're eating their lunch and, <laughs> you know, and all these people are walking by and, you know, they have no clue. So there are some amazing training uh, options out there for exhibitors. And I think for show producers, it's, it's, it's worth looking into and, the thing is, if you train your exhibitors properly, they're going to be successful. And what does being successful mean? They're going to resign for next year. Yes. So. Oh, my gosh. All the producers out there listening, <laughs> take note of that. Rewind it and play it again, because that is absolute gold right there, is that you train people and you train them the right way and they will be successful. And then they're going to they're going to want to come back to your show because they had a phenomenal show. And, and Sheila, you you are hitting every hot button that I have. I absolutely love it because I've been to so many shows. I've talked to so many exhibitors and they say, 
I said, did you train your staff? Oh yeah. We trained the staff. We told them what we, they know all about our products. They know what, what, what promotion we're running and they know what literature we have, but they don't train them on, like you said, how to actually work and perform and be successful at a trade show. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. It is. It's all about the engagement at a trade show. And yeah. so now we are into the virtual world. Can I, can I move forward with this? Please. <laughs> yes, because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening going, yes, yes, that's our world right now. What do we do? How do we do this better? And there's a whole debate on whether virtual works or it doesn't. And virtual obviously is not the ideal. Live events, we, we are social animals and we want to see each other face to face. And some of the natural interaction that we have on a trade show floor doesn't happen in virtual in virtual, the interaction has to be intentional. And what we, I mean, I was involved in a couple of virtual trade shows for ourselves, for my own business. So I, I talked from experience of being an exhibitor. And unlike the trade show floor, it's not a passive activity on a virtual booth that you actually have to go out and contact people you want to connect with and invite them to your booth, invite them into a conversation and get them interested. You can't sit in a virtual booth and wait for people to stop by. It just doesn't work. And then the other piece is that being the person in the booth no longer is just saying, hey, how are you? How are you doing today? It becomes you're the you're the host of, of, of like a game show host. You're the host <laughs> of your own talk show. And you're in that booth and you're talking to people and you're creating the conversation. You're telling stories about your product and your company, but you have to keep it going. So it depends on the, the, the kind of engagement the virtual platform uh, allows you. There's been a couple. One is more video where the exhibitors are there and people can drop in if they'd like and show themselves on video and have a conversation. In some instances, you can't even see who's there watching you. So you're constantly talking. <laughs> and and it is very much at the first time I thought this is crazy thank goodness I had the wherewithal to bring a second person with me otherwise I'd be talking to myself the entire time <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a whole different uh, ball of wax and it not everybody can do that I'll tell you the people who are going to be successful on in a virtual booth are the people who are very animated and are able to connect with people over the telephone do you know what I'm saying? When, yeah. when like, there are salespeople that when you talk to them on the phone and you can connect with them right away, those are probably your best virtual booth exhibitors. And so as a company, we recognize what those needs are and that's what we hire. And so when we're providing virtual hosts and moderators for our clients now for their conferences, we provide digital concierges that, you know, think of an information booth person. A moderator or a host could be like a, a digital room monitor. They're there to assist the speakers. And the people that we have are the same caliber of people that we would hire if it was a live event because they know how to engage. They know how to make it come alive because we become Zoom zombies, yeah. right? Yeah. On these things, you've heard that term already. So that's that's what you know what we do best, and that's the feedback we're getting, and and how we're being successful in our in our shift of our our business from from live to virtual. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. So much, so much great stuff there. I want you to uh, explain to people, because this is a concept that I was unaware even existed. And that is your virtual moderator. And and I didn't know about it until I saw your demo video where I, and it's so, so well done. And this is for, for anyone who's doing, it could be a webinar. It could be anything where you have a lot of people interacting with each other on a, on a, a zoom type call I'll just say zoom because that's uh, everyone kind of understands that's the the base uh the base platform where there's so many so many amazing and new ones coming out all the time of virtual event platforms that are, are continuing to come out but but if you if you think about a zoom call where you've been on and there may be 20 people on your screen all the little all the little rectangles all the little faces and everyone's got their mic open and they're they're starting to interact explain to people what a virtual moderator is and how they can be effective so they can these so everyone listening can can start considering using utilizing someone like that well where the people who would benefit from using moderators and outsourcing it would be companies who don't have enough of their own staff to look after the day of a virtual event because they're busy dealing with everything else behind the scenes, making sure the speakers have arrived, working with the virtual platform, making sure everybody's uh, been pushed forward, that kind of thing, or even troubleshooting. So they, they might not necessarily have the extra staff to be the virtual room monitor. So in, in the past, in the live events, we would have a room monitor that looked after scanning and letting the, the registrants come in, the attendees come in. They're assisting the speaker with their AV presentation, if they're running into problems to contact the AV technician, they're helping with the lighting and all of that. So pulling that back and, and, and talking about virtual, so not, not all of that comes into play. The presentation piece for sure, if there's a pre-recording of a video that has to be pushed forward for sure. In Zoom type calls, you want to be able to bring the speaker forward. So the speaker is the center of the screen and not all the little tiny screens. So we've got somebody in that room who would take care of all those little requirements. And then at the same time, they're monitoring the Q&A. They're monitoring the chat in case things come up and they have to make the, the presenter aware of the conversation. There could also be technical issues. So at the very beginning, our moderators would introduce themselves and say, hey, if you lose audio at any point, here's my contact information or private chat text me on the chat uh, function and, and I can, I can help you out. And the way we've set up our moderators is we've got a cheat sheet of all the links for, for support. If they run into an audio problem that we can't help walk them through, we say, here, check this link out and you can go fix your problem and come back. And so what we found is that it's given the people who aren't comfortable the confidence to be there and to be present and to enjoy the experience. And surprisingly, at first people say, oh, we're doing virtual, we don't require staff. That was the first reaction we got. And then slowly, or maybe quickly, people say, oh, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't do this, it's horrible. I can't do this on my own. And so our, our, our repertoire has increased, so to say. We started, the very first virtual event we did was for condo, company called condo voter and as you know condo corporations have to have their agm and and their voting 
every year. And of course, as the AGMs came up and we were still on lockdown, a lot it, it became a problem. So this company that we work with started to get busier and busier. I mean, they've been around for three years and then they start started to see a boom, obviously because of the pandemic. And they originally reached out to us because they said the minute taker isn't very good at this and we don't have enough people on our team to take care of it. So can we train your staff on our platform and you you help us with the technical piece and answering questions and monitoring the Q&A and unmuting and muting people? We said, sure, we can do that. So we did a few and it was extremely successful. And our client was getting, they were getting more and more clients as, as not even the weeks, as the days rolled by. And so they eventually just handed it all to us here, you run our meetings, we're going to sell we're going to sell the software because we're not, we're not very good at this, you're much better. And in fact, most of the feedback that we've gotten from our clients have been about your moderators, not so much our software. (laughs) (laughs) So we were, you know, amazed at, at that. Now, as in December, we were running at least eight meetings a night. That's how busy it was, five days a week, eight meetings a night. So as a company, our staff have been getting more and more experience, just like when we were running live events, our staff worked way more events and virtual events than any of our clients. So we're in a very healthy position where we can provide advice and some consultation and what works and what doesn't work. And so those are the conversations we're having with our clients. And you know, it's not something that we charge extra for because we are working together so we can survive this thing. Nice. I love that attitude. And that, that <laughs> is something that is something I've really seen in this industry, maybe more than some other industries where companies are really coming together. They're, they're set, maybe sacrificing a little more. Maybe that's a strong word, but they are. They're, they're doing a little more. They're giving a little more. They're reaching across to some of their competitors and saying, how can we work together? And so I, I've seen that a lot in the trade show industry because it has been hit so incredibly hard. Yeah. And I give you a, a lot of uh, kudos for, for doing the big pivot. That was the, <laughs> the word of 2020, right? Uh, giving the big pivot and into where you are today, which is just amazing. And a couple of things I want to I want to highlight that you said, or something that at least that you brought up. Number one, know your expertise as a company your client that said, look, you do this better than we do. <laughs> and, and so for everyone listening, know your expertise, know what you do well and what you should have someone else come in and help out with. And another thing, if you are, think about when, when you're giving a presentation, do you want to be thinking about, oh, I have to watch the chat and I have to do this and I have to do that. If you could have someone else, whether it's from your staff or you reach out to, to a company like BBW and, and say, hey, we need someone to help us manage this event, you're going to get so much more value out of it. Your attendees are going to get so much more value out of it because you're going to be able to be focused and on point with your messaging and with everything that you're trying to do. So, so a couple of, of great tips there. So thank you so much for that. Let's talk about the future. Where do you see the industry and events going in the next, say, six to 12 months? You know, I didn't have a glass ball to look into now. <laughs> and I was, I was quite wrong on a number of things. But so I'm not sure I'm the right person for you to ask. But I will take a stab at it. 
I know that we are going to go back live at some point. I am the current um, president of the Canada East chapter for PCMA. And one of the biggest conversations the board is having is our annual conference that happens in November. Now, November is a long way away and we are still talking about whether is it gonna be a live event? Are people, willing go, are people going to be willing to travel? Now I'm in Canada, we have not been as, we have been a little bit more uh, reserved and on lockdown far more than the United States. And, and so I'm speaking from a Canadian standpoint that a lot of our members may not be comfortable traveling until there is herd immunity and there's most people have had their vaccination. Mm -hmm. So do we now plan an event that's fully live or do we look at virtual and live event and, and people are calling it hybrid? It, you know, when you're organizing a hybrid event, it's not easy. You're actually organizing two separate events, right? You have that to engage. Yeah, yeah, you have to engage the people who are uh, at the live event Plus, you have to engage people who are on the virtual. So I know that for the next year, that is going to be a big piece of, of where we're all heading. The attendance isn't going to, in terms of live, it's not going to be anywhere near like what it had been in the past. But where people will pick up extra, extra attendees would be on virtual. The problem with virtual is harder to plan or if you're trying to sell sponsorship or you're trying to engage your partners in your event because virtual registrations happen last minute mm. and that seems to be the trend and so however all of all of our clients are trying to figure out how to monetize on a hybrid event how do we monetize on the virtual portion because right now I know a lot of a lot of people saying well I'm not going to pay for that because everything else is free why would I pay to attend a virtual conference when everybody else is giving it away for free. So as an industry, we have to look at that because you can't survive on free forever. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, virtual platforms cost a lot of money, right? You have to pay your salaries, you have mm -hmm. overhead. So that that is gonna be the challenge, but you know, that's where I see the future is, is, is definitely a mix of both. And I think that we've positioned ourselves in, in the right place, that we're currently doing the COVID safety ambassadors at, at the commercial properties and our staff are trained to deal with the public. And we know that the public can be difficult. You know, today I was at a curbside, doing a curbside pickup. And I, this woman walked right in right next to me and she pulls her mask down. I said, okay, you're supposed to have your mask on. <laughs> she's, she's talking to me and she goes, well, I'm here to shop. I said, well, didn't you know everything's on lockdown? We're like, none of the stores are open. You can only, you know, do curbside pickup and you have to order online. She goes, oh, I don't do that. I just came here to see what sales are on. She was totally clueless, clueless. Wow. I don't wow. know what world she had or what, where she had been, you know, hiding her head, but totally clueless. And when you're working with the public, that's, you're going to have people like that, unfortunately. Now we're yeah. doing, if we're doing business events, perhaps not, but then you'll get people who are difficult and people who are combative as you mm -hmm. see on social media. Oh, yeah. And so our staff are now trained 
through the COVID safety ambassadors, because the second piece of that is not just the safety uh, protocol, but the second piece of that training is customer service, how to incite safe action from people in, in a way and, and, and talk to people and de-escalate and, and, and talk to people in such a way that they're going to put on their mask or they're going to social distance or, you know, they're going to fill out the contact tracing uh, form. <laughs> you yeah. know, and there will always be people who are going to be resistant. And, you know, speaking to my, my frontline employees at the commercial property, they say it's always the same people. And so <laughs> because they're in a, they're, it's not like an event, they're going to see the same people coming in and out of right. the office building, right? right? And they said, it's always the same people who are fighting you. And they're starting to fight you before you even look at them because they know you're <laughs> going to tell them they need to put a mask on. And so we give our staff the tools to deal with that kind of thing. And it's not going to be the majority of the people. Right. However, it's nice for the, the, the producers of these events to know that we've got people in the front lines who are going to be capable of taking care of things like that. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, the training is available to their employees as well. So their employees can, can be equally as equipped. It all comes back to training. Training is just so critically <laughs> every whenever you're dealing with people, you're dealing yeah. with people and you need to provide that training so that they are well equipped for every possible situation. And even a pandemic when everything is brand new. I mean, and, and it's funny, we, we're, but you think back to, like you said, March 12th. And, and we, if you would have thought about November, oh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back by then. Right. And now here it is. You know, we're recording in January and November seems so far away. But you know what? It's like that when you're if you're ever on one of those straight roads where it's just the the road just blends into the horizon. And no matter how far you keep driving, you still see that same view of that road in the horizon. Seems like that's where we're at right now. You <laughs> You want to see something, you want to see that city in the distance, like, oh, there it is, you know, there's the light, but we're just not there yet, where there's still so many unknowns, and like you said, even when things start coming back, you're still going to have a huge percent of the, the businesses and the people that are going to be hesitant, and they're going to say, oh, I'm just not ready yet, I'm not, or I'm, I'm a caretaker for someone who's vulnerable, and, I, and so I'm not going or I'm not going to put my employees at risk or anything like that. So, so we are, there's still so many unknowns and we're a long ways away. And that crystal ball is more like one of those little toy magic eight balls where every time you shake it, it gives you a different answer. That's <laughs> so right. I think that's where we're at right now. You know, Jim, I think if I could sum it up for your audience here is, have you gone to a grocery store where they didn't have those practices in place. They didn't have somebody at the door telling everybody that they had to put a mask on. They didn't remind people to hand sanitize. And when you got in, inside the store, there was no social distancing. I got hip checked at a grocery store once and I thought this is not social distance. <laughs> and so I never go back to that store again. So it's the same with events is that if you put in the processes and you put in the right people to manage those processes, it's gonna give your attendees and your partners and your exhibitors the confidence that you're doing all the right things to make, uh, keep them safe. And guess what? They're gonna tell everybody that was a great event. 
yes, 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 yes. That is so great. So great, Sheila. Thank you. You've got so much value today. I, and I greatly appreciate your time here. As we wrap this up, if you could sum up and what are the top like one or two takeaways you'd like for people to really get from this episode? Well, well, we obviously have we mentioned it too often is that training, 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 <laughs> right? Can't mention uh, it enough. Training, training, training. And, you know, the other piece is what you've said and wh- where you've hit it right on is that, you know, work where you're, you're the expert. Do what you're good at doing and outsource the rest. And sometimes it's a good investment. It might not be. And, and sometimes the cost of not doing that might be far greater than actually outsourcing. Yes, that is so true because there's those intangibles that you, there's things that you might never know. You might lose customers and they'll never tell you because they had a horrible experience at your, at your uh, virtual event or whatever the case might be. Just like you said, that, that store that you're not going back to, they might not know that you're never coming back, but you just had that bad experience. And and I've been at, I've been, I don't want to ramble on too much, but I've been at on virtual events where I'm just bored to tears because the people clearly didn't know their own, their own platform and they're fumbling around trying to get their presentation up and running. And they're, you could, you could just tell they're ill prepared. And I am just like, oh, if I didn't have to be here, I'd click off right now. And how many people are clicking off? that you don't even know about. And you know what, you could get away, you could have gotten away with that in the first three, maybe four months, Right. but not now. Now no. people have higher expectations. Absolutely. So you need to run it like a well-oiled machine. Absolutely. Well, Sheila, thank you again. If anyone out there is listening, wants to know more about the, the amazing services that BBW offers, where is the best place for them to go? Our website has a lot of information. We actually have our safety video that it's in our training and it's free and accessible to everybody on our website. So it's bbwinternational.com and B it's B for Bravo, B for Bravo W. Make sure you put the international, otherwise your IT department might shut your your computer down. bbwinternational.com. I will drop the link into the show notes. So please uh, go there and click on that and check out everything that they have to offer. And it sounds like some great information you can get for free that will be valuable for you and your, for your upcoming events as well. Sheila, thank you so much. This has been just an absolute delight talking to you. And thank you for bringing so much great wisdom and value uh, to the listeners today. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for the podcast. I think you, I've taken a look at some of the sessions that you have on there and you've been bringing a lot to the industry and and I I applaud you for that. Thank you, Jim. Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I'm starting to blush. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Sheila. And thanks everyone for listening. Please check out everything that BBW has to offer and, and maybe make some changes for your upcoming events based on some of the stuff that Sheila shared with us today. And as she said, you know, go back and check out some other episodes of uh, Trade Show University, which is the podcast for virtual and live events. And subscribe and get over to my website and please sign up for the email newsletter. We give great tips and you've got a lot of information coming about upcoming, upcoming uh, episodes and all sorts of new stuff happening. So thanks again for listening. And we will see everybody next time right here on campus at Trade Show University.